Big Takes is a podcast from BCA Research, informing investors with straightforward, actionable analysis of macro and market events. Hi there, and welcome to the Quick Takes podcast. I'm your host, Rakaya Ibrahim, strategist at BCA Research. The implosion of the FTX cryptocurrency exchange last November was a big blow for cryptocurrencies, which were already wounded by a massive year-long sell-off. However, Bitcoin has been rallying for most of this year, and the recent bank stress injected new life into this rally. Have investor concerns about this industry receded, and does the recent performance suggest that cryptocurrencies are now seen as a safe haven asset? To help answer these questions and more, my colleague Juan Correa is joining me on today's podcast. Juan is a strategist for BCA Research's Global Asset Allocation Team and recently published the first couple of reports of a BCA Research series on cryptocurrencies. Hi, Juan. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rokaya. Thanks for inviting me. So a good place to start is with the very recent performance of cryptocurrencies, which is somewhat of a deviation from the past. Now, what I mean by that is that if you go back to the pandemic recovery period, and even during last year's equity sell-off, Bitcoin pretty much tracked equity prices. Uh, But more recently, when news broke about the failures of SVB and Signature Bank, uh, Bitcoin actually performed very well, even though equity prices were dropping. So it appears that there has been, at the very least, a temporary shift in the relationship between Bitcoin and equities, whereby Bitcoin is behaving sort of like a safe haven asset, similar to gold. Now, why do you think that is? Uh, And do you think that this is just a temporary phenomenon or do you expect it to be a longer term theme for Bitcoin? Great question, Rukaya. So something worth remembering is that the strong positive correlation between Bitcoin and risk assets that that you speak of only began a couple of years ago. So if you look at the correlation of Bitcoin with S&P returns from 2012 to 2020, that correlation averaged around zero during that time frame. And there was in fact a lot of academic research suggesting uh, that Bitcoin was a diversifier that was released in 2018 and 2019. Now, obviously this changed in 2020 and we had a huge spike in the correlation between stocks and Bitcoin. Uh, and the reason why that was, was because you had a huge wave of both retail and institutional money that turned the market and cryptocurrencies not being a very big asset class. So its relationship with other assets change due to the nature or, or the type of these new holders, which were mostly speculative. We show that in a report that came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if you see, you can see some polls, for example, showing that the average long-term Bitcoin holder was much more likely to pay for goods and services with Bitcoin and more likely to value things like decentralization, for example. Uh, this wasn't the same for newer Bitcoin holders that came in 2020 and 2021. They were mostly there for just a quick buck uh, and you know they were just there to, to speculate and not uh, buy any goods and services with it. Uh, you see something very similar as well in the futures market. So if you look at futures data, most uh, Bitcoin futures owners owned only Bitcoin prior to 2020. And if they own anything else, it was mostly precious metals like gold or even commodities. Uh, This changed a lot in 2020 and 2021. You saw the cross ownership 
of stocks and Bitcoin futures surge. And so naturally, when you know stocks are starting to fall, these new owners, which saw Bitcoin as a more speculative investment, started to de-risk their portfolios uh, and sell at the same time as stocks were dropping. And so I think that's why you saw that increasing correlation. Uh, in terms of whether that will continue or not, uh, we argue that the correlation probably peaked last year and it's probably going to keep falling. Uh, and the reason is because most of this speculative money is gone, right? So a lot of these institutional investors who came into Bitcoin, you know, they now see it as a fraud. They're not investing anymore. And so now we think that the correlation of Bitcoin with stocks, it, it should drop. And the correlation of Bitcoin with gold should start uh, rising. And that's, in fact, what we've seen over the past few weeks. Now, on this longer term outlook for cryptos, the infamous collapse of the FTX exchange at the end of last year really hurt investor confidence in cryptocurrencies. For the crypto skeptics, it seems to have vindicated their view that the crypto market is just a big, massive fraud. Now, as we just discussed, Bitcoin has rallied during the recent bank turmoil, but really it's been climbing higher since earlier this year and has recovered above its price from just prior to the FTX implosion. So it appears that investor concerns are to some degree receding. Now, going forward, would you expect cryptocurrency returns to be as high as they were in the past? Or do you think that the industry is going to be haunted by this risk of another currency exchange collapse and that currency exchange collapse would ultimately spell the end for cryptos? Right. So, you know, I think another blow up of an exchange would for sure be negative uh, for prices. And, you know, the reason is that most cryptocurrency transactions still happen uh, uh, in exchanges and mostly Binance. So around 60 percent of the total Bitcoin transaction market share is owned by Binance. The only point that would be more skeptical about is exchanges collapsing, leading to just a complete collapse in the crypto market. And the reason is that exchanges don't hold most of the Bitcoin out there. So if you look, for example, at some uh, ownership data, exchanges own about 12% of the Bitcoin supply. And that's actually down from uh, a peak of 17% uh, in mid-2020. Very similar story for Ether as well. Ether, uh, the share held by exchanges, peaked in 2020 at around 30%. That is now down to 15%. And so most Bitcoin and most Ether as well is actually uh, self-custody. And, and in fact, one of the trends that we've seen uh, following the FTX collapse has been migration of investors from exchanges to either self-custody, which is you know, having the cryptocurrency in your own hardware wallet, or to traditional financial institutions that have begun offering uh, custody solutions. So for example, uh, Fidelity this year started to it started their uh, cryptocurrency trading platform. NASDAQ announced recently that uh, next quarter, they're also gonna have a cryptocurrency uh, custody solution as well. So, you know, I think with the FTX collapse, people kind of realize that cryptocurrency exchanges are just sort of like banks. And the problem when you put like your money in a bank is that the money is not actually held by you, it's just a liability from the bank. And the bigger problem for crypto investors is that crypto exchanges, unlike banks, are not regulated. And uh, so we've seen, obviously, a migration to these uh, other uh, sources of custody. Right. And on that topic of regulation, one of the likely consequences of the collapse of FTX is exactly that, that the crypto industry will probably face greater regulatory scrutiny going forward uh, as an effort to basically protect the investors and reduce risks for consumers that are buying the cryptos. 
So what do you think will be the impact of this greater regulation on the industry? So I think it depends on the nature of the regulation. So, you know, obviously a absolute ban would be negative, but if we have new regulation that makes it safer to invest in cryptos, I think that would actually encourage uh, a, a lot of adoption and it would attract new investors. In fact, we showed a poll uh, from around November last year showing that both retail and institutional investors would be more likely to invest in cryptocurrencies uh, if there were high regulatory guardrails. In terms of the crypto industry, which is obviously different from the cryptocurrencies themselves, uh, I think that tighter regulation, and especially we've seen tighter regulation that started in 2023 in the US, is actually going to shift the industry to friendlier jurisdictions. So that's something that we've seen, for example, over the course of this year, uh, a lot of companies are leaving the US because of the tougher regulatory environment, and they're incorporating in places like Hong Kong or the UAE or France, for example, which have a much friendlier uh, regulatory background. Well, Juan, thanks a lot for your time today. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for inviting me, Rukai. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Quick Takes podcast. We'll be bringing you weekly quick takes with BCA strategists on a range of macro and market topics. Stay tuned for next week's episode.